Hi, Jamila. Thank you so much for joining the Rhythm of Rebellion today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really grateful to be here. I was wondering if you could share with us a few of the pivotal moments that have influenced you on your journey to become a professional performer that intersects with activism. Well, I really think the root of all this comes from my heritage and where I grew up. I was born in the Philippines. I grew up in Manila. It's a very different land and space than here in the States. My dad's American, my mom's Filipina, and I had a very privileged life. But in the Philippines, I just remember at a very young age seeing a very stark difference between um, how people lived and the horrors and atrocities of how people are forced to live just due to where they were born. Um, mm. And so I remember that igniting something in me as, as a young person. I think, you know, children see it, you know, you don't have the words or language to understand what's happening. I didn't understand why certain people got to live certain ways and other people didn't. Mm. And so I think from that, really kind of stemmed everything else to this day and then I came to New York to pursue you know the dream the Broadway yeah. dream and I was involved with the International Socialist Organization which is probably the biggest impact of my political education um, that radicalized me and we organized we tabled we discussed we read together and again my language my understanding grew and so in those movements, in those, you know, organized actions, music was present, chants were present. Yeah. Yeah. So those really were the moments, yes. I think, that one, empowered me to at least try and, and, and see if, if this was possible. And two, to affirm this, I guess, deep-seated and deep-rooted want and need of mine to be a vessel through like artistry in my body and my voice mm, um, in what I believe is our responsibility as artists and just affirm that that is possible mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Jamila. Oh, what a beautiful origin story. <laughs> I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about jam. What does jam stand for? What are some of the reasons you started it? And what are some of the projects and initiatives that you've seen JAM have an impact on? JAM actually was born during the pandemic. My entire industry was set, I mean, a lot of industries were shut down for, a, you know, we didn't know how long. And my collaborator, co-founder, good friend, dear friend, Alexis Roberts, she messaged me on Facebook. I had met Alexis when I first got to New York City in 2010. Um, her background is in dance and teaching, and we connected as artists. And I mean, for years and years and years, I do a lot of like, what do I really want? What do I want my life's purpose work to be? What does that look like? And um, a collective... Um, always, always came up of artists who 
can collaborate with one another to not only amplify other voices but amplify our own voices and our own our own thoughts and and be a part of that collective fight for liberation and so you know, I had all the time in the world. <laughs> and yeah. um, and uh, I, I was dabbling in, 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 in things on my own. And so when she reached out, it was just kind of prime time. It took a while for me to get back to her. She says this all the time. Because I was going also through some personal things, some personal heartbreaks and, and dark, dark moments. But again, it was such a gift to have this during that time because it pulled me out of the dark a bit. And... Um, and got me to see hope and hopefully was able to you know be be some type of a vessel or channel to to channel that 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 yeah. darkness to channel that hope to channel everything that was going on during that time and has been going on before that and grief, still yeah that, that pain yeah so, so what does JAM stand for? Yeah, it's um, justice through art, music, and movement. It's using our gifts, our voice, to fight for the world we believe in, we imagine, we believe that we can build for each and every being. It was born through that. I had these songs that I, I loved so much, that I loved to sing, that meant so much to me. So our, our first really project that we did was it was really it was a dream it was like a passion project you know mostly for us to create or recreate music with movement um, that we felt needed to be heard and uh our first project was um cover of the song called echo by sweet honey in the rock mm. which is such an incredible i mean one of the most incredible songs and you um, do such a beautiful job with it. Oh, I mean, thank that video you. and the, the singing. I mean, it, the movement. Yeah, mm. we worked really hard, and so I, we called upon our other friend, artist friends, to kind of just see who wanted to to be a part of it. And through that, we've been asked to create songs for certain, you know, days of action. We also have produced a song that we were working with a friend and. It was kind of like a song of of who we are and why we do this called For the Love. Again, we collaborated with visual artists, singers, dancers, just anyone who wanted to, to be a part of it. That's really what the basis of this is. Who wants to join? Any voice, all voices. <laughs> um, what's your gift? Which is kind of what it's about because we need one another. We were able to actually perform at Union College in Syracuse, which was really beautiful, and then have, you know, discussions with the young people about, you know, intersectional feminism. And mm. um, for me, I always think that being in conversation, especially with young people and learning from one another is probably one of the most, you know, impactful work one can do. Absolutely. For folks listening, you can check out the videos on their YouTube page. Could you share some advice that you would give to that next emerging artist who aspires to use their creative voice for positive change and social impact? Yes, I think first and foremost, use it. Use your voice any chance you get, any way you can. The systems that keep us oppressed are loud and strong. So we must be louder and stronger. And there is so much power 
in the collective and the collective needs every voice and every person. Yeah, don't be afraid to use it or use it even when you're afraid. Yeah. We're taught this narrative of it has to look good, it has to sound good, it has to, you know, be all these things. I just put so much pressure on myself, so much pressure to sound perfect, to, to sound, you know, the right notes, mm -hmm. not be off tune, not crack, all these things. And whenever I, I get paralyzed with fear, I always go back to this passage, Audre Lorde, and she has this mm. essay called The Transformation of Silence into Language and Action. I've come back to this so many times to get my perspective back on again why I do this work. And she says, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. Each of us is here now because in one way or another we share a commitment to language and to the power of that language and to the reclaiming of that language which has been made to work against us. In the transformation of silence into language and action, it is vitally necessary for each one of us to establish or examine her function in that transformation and to recognize her role as vital within that transformation. Yeah, that kind of puts things into perspective for me, especially for the young people who, who are listening. It is vital for each and every one of us to use our voice. We need you. We need your voice. We need your gifts. It is vital for our collective liberation. So really, I encourage you to use it. It is beautiful. It is powerful and it is necessary. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. Listen to the full episode of this podcast at therhythmofrebellion.com.